Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. successful why is tony khan running his promotion better than vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard are running monday night and friday night long term booking guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script i got a little bit of extra for you it is saturday march 12 2022 i am jd from new york as always from the ots venue thank you guys for joining me on your saturday afternoons wherever you may be i was at the house of glory show last night and my phone was blowing up about what happened on SmackDown. I laughed when I saw the headlines come in via text. The headlines come in via my Twitter feed. And I thought to myself, the one night where House of Glory does a show on Friday night, it's almost like the cat is away, the mice will play. Seems like Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, oh, JD is not uh, reviewing SmackDown. Tonight, Bruce, let's fuck with them. And that's exactly what they did last night on SmackDown, which uh, 
I'm looking at the results here, and I'm looking at the SmackDown show from last night. I'm glad I missed last night's show. I, I don't think anything anything good came out of last night's SmackDown. I'm looking at what happened here. Brock Lesnar chased Paul Heyman down after the Roman Reigns attack at Madison Square Garden. Big E broke his neck. That's never a good thing. We'll talk about that in a second. Rich Holland is getting the blame for it from all sides on social media. It is not Rich Holland's fault. Things happen, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. You guys now know what the pillow match is going to be at WrestleMania. I mean, between you and your pillow. So make sure you guys take a nice 10 to 15 minute nap at WrestleMania. It's going to be a long weekend. That's the match to do it. Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. I don't know what the issue is between these two ladies. Charlotte Flair apparently promised to make Ronda Rousey tap out by the end of the night. And Charlotte Flair had locked in a new submission hold in a parking lot brawl with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, great. Who's got the better submission move? That's what's main eventing WrestleMania on night one for the SmackDown Women's Championship, man. Really, really exciting stuff. Then we got Sasha Banks and Naomi against... uh, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Natalya and Shayna Baszler. Apparently, Shayna Baszler and Naomi were vying for a spot in the women's tag team title match at WrestleMania, which will happen eventually. I don't know what fourth team will be added, but that's exactly what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Like I had said earlier this week, it's going to be a multi-team match. We already saw Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan advance, so I'm assuming there will be a fourth team involved because WWE likes to get everybody on the show for the sake of getting everybody on the show. And then Rick Boogs, he beat Jay Uso because WWE is without a tag team division and they're without any creative fucking uh, juice up here. They, they don't know what they're doing. They're creatively bankrupt. Rick Boogs beat one half of the tag team champions to get him and Shinsuke Nakamura a tag team title match at WrestleMania. What a great idea, Bruce. Let's make a SmackDown Tag Team Championship match with the champions and then somebody like Rick Boogs and Nakamura who aren't even a real tag team. This is WrestleMania for you, folks. Instead of doing the RK Bro versus Usos thing, we're unifying the WWE and Universal titles. Why don't we do the same thing for the fucking depleted tag team division? Now, that's not a good idea. That makes too much sense. So we're going to go with Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Usos, which is barely an NXT level up match. And then Pat McAfee and Austin Theory brawl. That was your SmackDown. Ricochet versus Sami Zayn in a rematch for the Intercontinental Championship. We saw that last week. Everybody was like, oh, it was a good match. And what do they do? They run it back again because WWE is creatively bankrupt. I'm glad. I missed SmackDown. And yes, I know I'm uh, I'm forgetting outside the Big E breaking of his neck. I'm forgetting the one big uh, the, the one big spotlight on SmackDown last night. The Paperboy. The Paperboy Pete Dunne. We'll get to him. Don't worry. We'll get to him on this extra right here on OTS, man. I'm glad I missed SmackDown last night because uh, I would have probably went off on the podcast on the live stream last night. Anyway. 
I want to thank you guys for joining me on your Saturday afternoons. I want to thank everybody that came up and graciously said hello to me at the House of Glory show last night. We had a tag team title match. The Ring of Honor tag team titles and the House of Glory tag team titles were on the line. Phoenix was not cleared to wrestle. And I figured that was going to be the case because, I mean, just common logic. Why would Tony Khan clear Ray Phoenix for House of Glory when he's about due? He's almost there. I don't know how long it's going to be or how much longer it's going to be. But even if he was cleared, I, I just don't see Tony Khan clearing him for a House of Glory show first and then AEW second. It's going to be the other way around. So he wants him back on AEW first before he goes and does any other things and any other matches on the indies. So we got Arez. I'm not really familiar with Arez. He teamed with Pentagon Jr. last night. They lost the House of Glory tag team titles to the Briscoes. The Briscoe brothers are, are the new House of Glory tag team champions. So it, it's going to be a wild ride this summer with the Briscoes holding those tag team championships. We have almost a, a forbidden door of our own. Not only with the Tag Team Championships, but we have a forbidden door with the Crown Jewel Championship. It's going to be a very interesting situation with House of Glory. This was on Fight TV last night, so if you guys watched on Fight TV, you heard Jason Solomon, a.k.a. the Solomonster, and myself on commentary. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the work that we provided you and the show, and we'll be back on April 15th, Tax Day, of course, for the next House of Glory show, which right now remains unnamed. But thank you guys for all of your support. I love and appreciate all of you guys. Make sure you guys follow me on social media as well, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. This extra, I'm doing it on my proverbial day off. Let's get a 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS Extra. And if you guys missed any of the content that, I up, that I've uploaded this week, make sure you guys go and check that out. Everything you need is on the homepage, including... Last night's Off the Script episode 421, where we talked about a variety of things. Cody Rhodes, WWE wants Cody Rhodes in Jacksonville come Monday for Raw. Braun Breaker was told to smile more in his Raw debut. Braun Breaker may end up getting called up to the main roster, which at this point, after seeing what they did to Pete Dunne, who is well done, is a fucking death sentence. And William Regal, possible health scare with William Regal as he... He mentioned something ominous in his promo on Dynamite. We got a debunking on William Regal today on Off the Script. So make sure you guys go and check all of that out if you missed yesterday's OTS 421. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Audible, audibletrial.com slash script. Make sure you guys go over there and sign up. 30 days free of their service, including one free audio book of your choice. That's audibletrial.com. Slash scripts. Let's start at the top, man. SmackDown. Obviously, I ran through the card in rapid fashion. This shit sucked last night. Why did it suck? It sucks every fucking week. But it it sucked extra last night. Because Vince McMahon was apparently very hands-on with SmackDown on Friday night. WrestleMania 38, the build is in motion. We're four weeks away from WrestleMania And we saw the arrival of Pete Dunne, who is well done. He's finished on the main roster. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Pete Dunne is a talented man. Pete Dunne could probably make it work. Pete Dunne won't survive five weeks. This guy is going to be a part of the WrestleMania post-budget cuts 
And I guarantee you he's going to be released, along with everybody else that I've previously feared, will be released. He is now going by the name of Butch. Butch. Yes. We'll talk about that and the backstage reaction in a second. PWInsider.com reports that a lot of segments got shifted and changed over the course of the day, as per usual with Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon was very hands-on with Friday's taping including the brawl with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair at the end of the show. WWE actually pre-taped the segment earlier in the day and inserted it into the broadcast. It was said that there was a lot of concern over Big E over the course of the night after he landed on his head taking a German suplex on the outside from Ridge Holland in a tag team match. How stupid of them, WWE. A nothing tag team match and a spot like that four weeks before WrestleMania should have easily been avoided. But this is WWE. They don't know any better, and they're creatively fucking inept. Unfortunately, the broken neck issue with Big E is going to be a major situation. Now, I got updates on Big E. Big Big E has updated everybody on social media. We'll play one of the videos that he posted as of today in in regards to his update and the status of his neck. But it, it, it it is a result of a spot that should not have been executed last night on SmackDown in a nothing match. Uh, I don't get why we need to do these fucking tag team matches, singles matches, and then WWE, believe it or not, wanted this all to result in a six-man tag with Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E versus Rich Holland, Sheamus, and Butch. Yes, Pete Dunne, now named Butch. Now, Sasha Banks was also slated to take on Zelina Vega in a singles match on the show, but WWE changed it to Zelina and Carmella against Banks and Naomi in a tag team match. Pretty much giving us the WrestleMania tag team match before we actually get to WrestleMania. This is Vince McMahon at the end of the day. So now you know, like I've been saying, this match was given to you, the WrestleMania tag team match that nobody gives a fuck about, and everybody wishes Sasha Banks was in something a little bit more important. The WrestleMania match was given to you last night, four weeks before WrestleMania. That is a clear indication that they will be adding more teams to the WWE Women's Tag Team title match at WrestleMania. That's WWE's logic there. Oh, we'll give it away because it's not going to be the same match at WrestleMania because we're going to be adding more teams. Vince McMahon, anytime he's more hands-on, the show is fucking atrocious. And the indecision of Vince McMahon, the indecisiveness of Vince McMahon it is something that is the bane of WWE's creative existence. Everything goes through him. Who knows what the fucking show looked like before it actually reached Vince McMahon's desk. I'm sure it looked just as bad, but the indecision and the constant changes sometimes makes things worse. He doesn't understand that. I'd love to know what the fucking show looked like before Vince McMahon changed everything. Vince McMahon, anytime he's very hands-on, man, you got to be worried about what is to come because never, never is it any good. Now, Big E, let's talk about Big E. This is obviously the most important thing that happened on SmackDown last night. Uh, Big E on social media, immediately after he broke his neck, went to social media and he said this, and I quote, after the spot, by Ridge Holland, and the overhead suplex that resulted in him breaking his neck. He says this, and I quote, I can't thank all of you enough, the beautiful people enough, for all of your concern and messages. It's very heartwarming. I can move all my digits, and he moves his fingers, 
That's nice. That's always a good thing. Strength feels fine. But unfortunately, right now, they tell me my neck is broken. So there's that. But once again, thank you, everybody. I am going to be all right. I'll be good. Don't worry. Go to sleep. Don't worry about me. But for real, thank you. And I appreciate all of you for real. End quote. So Big E let the night go by. Big E then woke up this morning. He's in Birmingham, Alabama. They're taking care of him. He posted this on social media as a follow-up to yesterday's video on social media after the broken neck situation happened. He posted this this morning on social media. So uh, I got some really good news, uh, all things considered. Uh, The C1 and C6 are indeed fractured. Not displacement, though, which is uh, a very good thing. And uh, I don't have any damage to my spinal cord, no ligament damage, and no surgery, which I'm very thankful for. And a pro tip, if you're going to break your neck, do it in Birmingham. They've been great. Everyone here at UAB has been great. Um, But for real, um, it's meant a ton to me that so many of you have been so kind and reached out, stopped in to see me, texted me. I I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I am very grateful. And... uh, I'm going to be all right. It's a blessing. Now, as you guys seen there in the video, the C1, the C6 are fractured, non-displacement. Says it's a very good thing. There's no damage to his spinal cord, no ligament damage, and no surgery is required right now, which he says he's very thankful for. But this is prognosis after the night that it happened, last night. And we're in the wee hours of the morning. He's posting this video on social media. You know, I... Love Biggie. I think Biggie is great. Everybody loves Biggie. The overwhelming support that Biggie received following this was unlike anything I've ever seen for anybody in the pro wrestling industry. It is an amazing thing to say. And I pray for his speedy recovery. I hope he's able to get back into the ring and do this at a high level that, that he's used to. But just from what I saw last night and the neck brace and the videos and the stretcher and all this all this shit that you heard about coming out of SmackDown last night. Some people were actually comparing it to Stone Cold Steve Austin when he broke his neck at SummerSlam against Owen Hart off that spike pile driver. Austin was never the same. Austin never was the same for the rest of his career. Some people are saying that Big E won't be the same for the duration of his career. And I, I, I hope that's not the case. Ricky Starks is a great example. We've seen Ricky Starks come back from a neck injury. He was dropped on his head from Adam Page in a suplex spot at Daly's place, and it took him a little bit to get back into the groove of things. I I don't even know even now if he's still, you know, fully 100% healed. I I don't know. That's a scary thing to come back from. I can only imagine being Ricky Starks or Big E and then getting back into the ring and having this happen all over again and the fear of your fucking neck injury. Edge took nine years away because of spinal and neck injuries. And he's doing some of the best work of his career, but he's also a part-time guy. And it took him nine years to get back to a highly competitive level. And Steve Austin, again, people were comparing this instance to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love Big E. I think Big E is one of the, from what I see on social media and how everybody loves him, one of the nicest guys out there, one of the most genuine guys out there. He's very down to earth. The locker room loves him. He's a locker room leader. And I hope that he's 100% after this, or, or at least close to 100%. But like I said, the, the spot with Ridge Holland, it, it should have never happened. 
four weeks before WrestleMania, spots like that and risks like that are avoidable. I don't know why WWE is taking such a gamble on a spot like that in a nothing match. A nothing match! Four weeks before WrestleMania, and now this guy's laid up in Birmingham, Alabama with a fucking neck brace on. It's, it's avoidable. So I don't understand why WWE continues to do shit, matches, spots like that right before the biggest show of the year. It, it's stupid. And then Rich Holland. Rich Holland was one of the guys that visited Big E in the hospital after it was all over. You, you, you could imagine how Rich Holland feels. You know, everybody's getting on Rich Holland's case. Rich Holland's had a string of bad luck himself. He has. He was out for a long time as well, almost nine months, close to a year he was out because of injuries he suffered in a freak accident at the Performance Center in a match. He was out. And then he came back, and then they demoted him to SmackDown. Hasn't had much success on SmackDown at all. And now he's breaking Big E's neck in a fucking match in a spot that should have never even happened. Everybody's blaming Rich Holland. Get rid of him. He's reckless. He's this and that. Fire him. It's it's Rich Holland's fault. These guys are professional wrestlers. You could be the most seasoned, trained, veteran, and the best at what you do. This could happen to anybody on any given day. Let's not go out there and immediately blame Ridge Holland. This is something that they sign up for. This is something that comes with the territory. It could have been avoided, absolutely. But every time they step between those ropes and every time they bump around in the ring and throw each other around in the ring... This is something that sits in the back of their mind. This is going to happen to the best of the best and to the the, the rookies that start out from day one. So let's not start immediately blaming Ridge Holland for this breaking of Big E's neck. It's not the right thing to do at all. Ridge Holland's got his own fucking problems. This is not one of them. Big E's not going to go out there and blame Ridge Holland for, for breaking his neck. It comes with the fucking territory. So let's cut that shit and end that narrative immediately. Let's not blame Rich Holland for breaking Big E's neck. Should have never happened. And I saw the video and I'm like, it could have been a lot worse. He could be dead. He could have lost his fucking life live on TV. I'm glad that he has updated everybody to a point where no surgeries needed and no spinal damage. So let's take it day by day and hopefully he gets to 100% or at least close to 100% to get back in the ring and give us the pleasure of watching him wrestle. The other thing that happened on SmackDown last night. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. This is completely just two different sides of the spectrum here. Pete Dunne was demoted to SmackDown last night. Four weeks before WrestleMania. Last time I saw Pete Dunne, he was wrestling Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship on NXT 2.0. They called him up and they changed his fucking name. They changed Pete Dunne's name. Now, people were telling me, Butch, I'm at the House of Glory show last night. They changed his name to Butch. I'm like, is it a nickname? Pete Butch Dunn? Peter the Butcher? I I don't know. Like, I I didn't get what people were talking about. And and I'm like, what are you talking about? Butch? Yes, they changed his name from Pete Dunn, get rid of it, to now he's simply known as Butch. And I'm laughing and internally crying at the same time. I I want you guys to visualize these two guys battled over the NXT UK Championship. Walter and Pete Dunne battled for the UK Championship. Now we're looking at a match, that same match between those same guys. We're looking at Gunther versus Butch. Just think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. I looked at this guy's outfit And I looked at the fucking messenger boy Cappy's got on and the suspenders. They they legitimately took the name Butch from the movie Little Rascals. I'm assuming Bruce Pritchard sometime this week in his downtime while he was contemplating, how can I make the show worse? What else can we do to embarrass Paul Levesque? Oh, I got it. Vince, I'm watching the Little Rascals. Let's call up Pete Dunne and turn him into a 1940s paperboy wannabe and name him Butch. Ah, that's a great idea, Bruce. I think Pete Dunn is about to be done. And they came up with it in like five fucking minutes. And then I'm looking at Mr. Rich Holland's name. His real name is Luke Menzies. That's his name. Now, I looked at this. I looked at Luke. And then I looked at the name they gave Pete Dunn, Butch. And I'm like, Luke and Butch, please don't tell me, please don't tell me they gave these guys a homage to Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers. I I, I don't get it. I don't really understand it. This guy, you, you, the fucked up thing is, and, and people were like, oh, well, you'll get used to it. You, you'll get used to it. You, you got you got used to Finn Balor, and uh, you got used to all the names that WWE cut in half, like Miro and Rusev and, uh, and Cesaro, and all this other bullshit that you want to fucking go out there and excuse WWE for, and White Knight WWE, and Gatekeep WWE, you fucking apologists. The fucked up thing is it wouldn't be so bothersome to people like us if the fucking guy didn't operate for the last five years under the name Pete Dunne. You know, he did make a main roster appearance under the name Pete Dunne as he challenged Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Championship on 205 Live or Monday Night Raw or or wherever that match took place. Pete Dunne has been Pete Dunne all through his WWE career, and now you want to change the name of Pete Dunne to fucking Butch and turn him into a fucking glorified paperboy. That's the problem I have with it. Some people were saying, oh, it's licensing. Now, I get it, but WWE did the same thing to Gunther. 
They did the same thing with Walter. They had the name Walter trademarked. It's his fucking first name. There's nothing that they can do with that. He can't lose it. It's his real name. Peter is his real name. WWE, they could have trademarked Pete Dunne. I don't know why they haven't if he's been there for five years. They didn't trademark Pete Dunne? I'm assuming they have the trademark for Pete Dunne if he's been there for as long as he's had. So they want to change it to Butch. Oh, it's licensing. Oh, it's marketability. I don't know how the fuck you're going to market Butch over Pete Dunne. This guy's the joke. This guy sealed his fate signing that extension with WWE. I think he knew exactly what was coming, and I don't think he had any other fucking choice in the matter. He signed another three-year extension with WWE when he was a free agent at the same time. Adam Cole was a free agent, and he signed his death wish. He's, his only out now is getting released and being on Nick Khan's budget cut list at the end of WrestleMania season. Which I'm assuming will happen, just like T-Bag and Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz and Shotzi Blackheart and Mace and everybody else that they have no fucking use for. Dead weight, like Vince McMahon said on the Pat McAfee show. WWE should be fucking ashamed of themselves. You got Butch, you got Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland didn't get a name change. Ridge Holland didn't get a name change. Why did they all of a sudden want to change Pete Dunne? Butch, Rich Holland, and Sheamus. The makeup of the group, outside the ridiculousness of it, it looks great. It does. And Pete Dunne being aligned with Sheamus, I think is a good pairing. They're all very similar. So I get that aspect of it. But Rich Holland, Sheamus, and Pete Dunne in name sound a lot better than fucking Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Butch. WWE should be embarrassed. And the, and the thing is, Their ideologies and their fucking mentality about licensing and trademarking everything is a fucking killer to the overall product. You know, a lot of people don't take that into consideration. They want to fucking stamp their trademark on everything. They want to own everything. They want to micromanage everything. At the end of the day, a lot of people are overlooking this. It's one of the main reasons why the fucking show is as terrible As it is right now. Because everything changes. I'm not saying you can't get used to it. But the guy's been operating under Pete Dunne for the last five years. There's no need to change his fucking name to something that sounds like a fucking jobber that should be sitting in catering. Butch. I can't see Butch challenging for titles. Can you imagine Ricochet versus Butch? Or Butch challenging for a major world title in WWE. I could see Pete Dunne versus Ricochet. I could see Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor. I could see Pete Dunne versus AJ Styles or or somebody on Monday Night Raw for a WWE championship. Edge, right? Butch, you've sealed this guy's fucking fate at the end of his five-year run in WWE. you, You pretty much told him, this is the extent of what you're doing here. You either love it or get the fuck out. This is what I look at. Butch versus any of the top 10. And we all know how good Pete Dunne is. We all know what Pete Dunne can do in the ring. Is Pete Dunne the most eloquent talker on the microphone? No. But he backs it up in the ring. He's one of the best fucking talents in ring that they have in the entire company. And you automatically fucking, you you snip his balls before he even gets a shot 
at doing what he excels at. Butch. Butch. Keep in mind, the licensing and the trademarking is the bane of WWE's creative existence, man. It, it, it is such a huge fucking problem. And it's more so now than ever before. It is what actively kills the fucking show. Backstage, Sean Ross Sapp was reporting that Butch was going around and floating around backstage. And Fightful Select reported that he heard, or Sean Ross Sapp said he heard something throughout the day that was very dumb. That was happening on the show. And several people chimed in by saying it would be a name change for a star that many already knew. Wrestlers outside of the company knew about the name change as far back as Thursday and speculated that it could be a Little Rascals throwback to the name Butch. Butch was a name or a character in the Little Rascals. Some people actually correlated Luke, which is Rich Holland's first name, and Butch to be a throwback or a rib to the Bushwhackers. I don't get it. WWE's plans for Big E after uh, everything happened. Obviously, it's not going to happen now at WrestleMania. Before he broke his neck, the plan was for the New Day versus Sheamus, Rich Holland, and Pete Dunne, Butch, at WrestleMania. That was the plan for all six guys going into WrestleMania. Now, clearly, that is not going to happen. Xavier's out with injury. Big E is out with injury. The only remaining member of the New Day is now Kofi Kingston, and we do not know where he will sit on the WrestleMania card. This is pathetic. I said it on social media. Fuck Vince McMahon. Fuck Bruce Prichard. And fuck everybody on that side of management who don't know a goddamn fucking thing, man. It is so terrible. Their creative is so terrible. And I'm going to say this again, and you know, I haven't said it yet. I wanted to just get my initial anger out about this shit. And why it doesn't need to be a thing. You guys thought that the Walter name change was bad. This is worse. At least I could probably, maybe, get used to Gunther. But Butch? I don't know if I could get past that, man. And I haven't said this yet, but I swear to God, man. You can mention the Bushwhackers. You can mention the fucking Little Rascals and uh, Movie Night at Bruce Pritchard's house. And what he was watching that night. You can mention all that shit. But the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day... Pete Dunne and guys that are still there, like L.A. Knight and the Grizzled Young Veterans and Imperium and Dexter Loomis, who's still there. Where's Dexter Loomis? I haven't seen him on NXT. You know where he's going to be? He's going to be on the on the budget cut list after WrestleMania. That's exactly where he's going to be. Because he doesn't fit into Bruce and Vince's NXT. So he'll be gone. But at the end of the day... This is just another reason, another fact of the matter that everything that they do and everything that has already been done is something that is done to further embarrass Triple H, Paul Levesque. Pete Dunne was highly sought after by both Triple H and William Regal. He was a guy that they put a lot of hope in. He was a big favorite of a lot of Triple H's team and management team alike. And now look at him. They couldn't wait to get their hands on him on the main roster and fucking castrate him to the point where his WWE career is finished. Finished. There is no coming back for Pete Dunne. None. 
I don't. You actively took Pete Dunne and you made me care about him zero. I actually was a big fan of Pete Dunne. Now, I couldn't give a single fuck about what happens to Pete Dunne on the main roster. And you think this is it? You think this is it? Wait till LA Knight gets called up. Wait till a Dexter Loomis gets called up. Wait till a, a, a grizzled young veterans gets called up. If they even make it that far. Or whoever else is left from the Triple H era of NXT. Wait till Braun Breaker gets called up. You already saw what they're doing with Braun Breaker. I need you to smile more, says Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard to Braun Breaker. Meanwhile, his name is Braun fucking Breaker. He breaks heads. He breaks backs. They want him to fucking smile. Great creative you got there, man. Great creative. God, this company, man. This company sucks. Sucks! WWE about to make another title change. I mentioned this. Yesterday, on episode 421 of the podcast, Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the women's tag team title match at WrestleMania is slated to change again and plans right now currently call for it to be a fatal four-way. Natalia and a tag team partner may be added. It could be Shayna Baszler. We could see Shotzi Blackheart and Xia uh, Lee go over there and, uh, and compete, throw teams together that aren't, that aren't real teams and put everybody on the WrestleMania card for the sake of of getting everybody on the WrestleMania card. I don't care who is in it because Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to win the tag team championships. And even at that point, they are as worthless as this empty can of liquid death that sits on my desk. Who gives a shit? I knew this was going to be a thing before it was even a thing in the Observer. WWE does this every year. They got so many names that don't have a role at WrestleMania, and they just create things out of thin air to get everybody involved on WrestleMania's card. Not the way that I would do things. Cody Rhodes. Yes, this Cody Rhodes news. What off the script would be without a fucking Cody Rhodes news article? This is coming directly and exclusively from Ringside News. Cody Rhodes would like to bring in or WWE, rather, would like to bring in Cody Rhodes in Jacksonville on Monday Night Raw this week, coming up, for obvious reasons. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes is the scheduled match for WrestleMania creatively. After all, Rhodes wrestled the majority of his matches in Daly's Place in Jacksonville, and the fact that WWE wants to bring him in in Jacksonville obviously goes hand in hand. You guys know why. Ringside News exclusively reported what the creative team was told about Cody Rhodes' status. As of Saturday morning, today, nothing has outwardly changed in that regard. When asking about Cody Rhodes' current status for Monday Night Raw, a tenured member of the writing team told us here at Ringside News, and I quote, no one has been talking about Cody Rhodes, end quote. We were additionally told that Vince McMahon makes decisions on Raw, tells Bruce Pritchard and Ed Kosky and People Power, John Laurinaitis. Those are the guys that he tells. That's the writing team. Ed Kosky, John Laurinaitis, Bruce Pritchard, and Vince McMahon. Everybody else that is employed there, that has a pen and a pad in a boardroom somewhere, all 50 of you are completely fucking worthless and useless. Keith Lee even said it on Talk is Jericho. You got writers back there who are so afraid to even go up and present an idea because it's automatically going to get shot down because the writing team is Ed Kosky, People Power, and Bruce Pritchett. 
with Vince McMahon. What's the point? If I'm there, what the fuck is the point? I know my ideas aren't going to be used, and I'd love to know what the ideas are coming out of that boardroom instead of it going through these four fucking old-timers and these suits and ties who don't know a goddamn fucking thing. So, Cody Rhodes, no plans for Cody on Monday Night Raw, and Vince McMahon makes decisions, and the rest of the team stays in the dark until they come up with what they want to do. Some writing staff you got there. Some great plan for the writing team. It's also worth noting, they said, that the tenured member that Ringside News goes through, he says, and I quote, Raw is the worst mess it's ever been. End quote. Take that as you will. If Raw is that bad, I'd love to see what the fuck is happening on SmackDown. Listen, I'm tired of talking about Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes is going to WWE, fine. I'm happy for Cody Rhodes. I just want it to be a thing. It'll give me one extra reason to actually give a shit about WWE programming. If he shows up in Jacksonville, Monday is the time to debut Cody Rhodes. Because right now, Seth Rollins' role at WrestleMania is hindering on Cody Rhodes. So if he doesn't show up, if he does not show up in Jacksonville, then I'm afraid... WrestleMania and Seth Rollins not going to have a fucking place for Rollins at WrestleMania. So it's either bust or going in all the way for Cody Rhodes here in WWE. Monday is the key. Now, could Tony Khan bring him back? Sure, absolutely. It's always been a thing. Could Cody Rhodes have a hand in the new Ring of Honor in some way? Absolutely. These are things that are very much in, uh, in the realm of possibility. But if Cody Rhodes thinks, and I said this yesterday, if Cody Rhodes thinks he's going to play Tony Khan for a bigger paycheck, I think that ship has sailed. I think after Revolution, and I think with what Tony Khan's got planned for AEW Dynamite going into the summer months, I don't think Cody Rhodes is going to have a spot on Dynamite. He's bringing in all this extra talent with a lot of talent still yet to debut and come in, and we know who that talent is going to be. The more Cody Rhodes sits out and the more he thinks Tony Khan could possibly give him more money, that ship is fucking sailing away, and Cody Rhodes may never get that opportunity ever again because why would Tony Khan give Cody Rhodes the money he thinks he deserves when he's got all this extra money that he could be given to three or four other talents? And at the end of the day, Cody Rhodes is going to be a great addition to any roster. AEW, WWE, New Japan, MLW, Impact. It doesn't matter who lands Cody Rhodes. He's always going to be a great addition to the roster. He's always going to be a great complement to the roster. But does Tony Khan need Cody Rhodes? No. He doesn't need Cody Rhodes at all. Does Cody Rhodes need AEW? At the end of the day, I honestly think it is that way. So we will see. What happens? I don't know what's going on. Like I said yesterday, I honestly think that there was too much information out there. and Cody was playing it too much, and he's been very silent as of late on social media. Meltzer says, oh, I've been talking to Cody Rhodes, and I don't know anything. Meltzer may be in on it. Apparently, him and Cody Rhodes are like this. So at the end of the day, I honestly think that there was too much information out there. People were knowing way too much uh, as opposed to uh, not knowing anything at all. And I think with everybody kind of in the know and getting all this information and being right about most of it, they scaled it back and they want everything to come off as a big surprise when he does show up on Monday. And if he doesn't show up on Monday, I don't think Seth Rollins is going to have a WrestleMania opponent and he's probably going to be thrown in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That's just my take on it. 
But if he shows up in WWE, great. I need a reason to give a shit about Monday Night Raw. I need a reason to give a shit about Cody Rhodes and WWE television. And if he's the way, if he's the in for me to give a shit, then great. Have another reason to actually watch Monday Night. William Regal. He addressed the report about him dealing with serious health issues. Dave Meltzer wrote in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter, apparently William Regal's health issues are at this stage far more serious than have ever come out. He added William Regal will then detail them in a Talk is Jericho interview next week. William Regal noticed this on social media and he cleared up any confusion about how he is doing. He says, and I quote, already dot, 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 meaning that the rumor mill is already starting as it pertains to him and he's only been on TV for one fucking week. That's why I stay out of the rumor mill and gossip. I've just found out that there are things being printed about my health. I am healthier than I've been in many years. I talked this week to somebody about things that happened to me in 2018, end quote. I hope this puts down the rumor about William Regal not having many more years left on this earth, like he mentioned on social media, or on Dynamite, rather, and then he took to social media to clear up any confusion about what he may have said on Dynamite, and then obviously Meltzer elaborating on that on The Observer. William Regal is healthier now than he's ever been, and that's all that matters. If he says so, there's no reason to not believe him. Tony Khan, he apparently will handle the creative for Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor in Dallas. Dave Meltzer talked about this on The Observer Live, and he said that Tony Khan will be handling the creative on April 1, their first live show since December. He says, and I quote, they did the sale quick as they could, and now they're trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do, Meltzer said. The key is Tony Khan is going to be booking the show on April 1st, which isn't very far away, and we don't have a lineup. It's going to be a very tricky situation to put together a lineup, and I would presume that there will be a bunch of AEW guys on the show just because there's nobody, as in zero people, under the Ring of Honor contracts. Meltzer stated that the previous plans are off, and they aren't looking at starting from scratch, and there are no plans to eliminate champions or kill off storylines. Meltzer also added that Jonathan Gresham will defend the Ring of Honor World Championship against Bandito in Dallas, but that's a match that Tony Khan still needs to sign off on. As of the status of the Ring of Honor employees, they are expected to be laid off soon by Sinclair Broadcasting. So Tony Khan is booking Supercard of Honor. Great. Just by that alone, it's going to pique people's interests. So I'm very much looking forward to that, and I, I may actually go out of my way and, and, and buy Ring of Honor on Fight TV to see what Tony Khan has up his sleeve. There's a lot of Ring of Honor talent on AEW's roster. So Tony Khan, you know, it, it may look like a daunting challenge, but it may actually end up being something that he seemingly just does with ease, you know? And I honestly think he's got a great mind for it. The only problem I have is how long he's going to be able to continue doing Ring of Honor and then doing Dynamite and coming up with storylines. I mean, he is spreading himself thin. His creative ideas are now going to be split between AEW and Ring of Honor. I honestly think maybe putting Ring of Honor in somebody else's hands as, as long as Tony Khan signs off on it and gives the okay, 
Ring of Honor's creative in someone else's hands may be a little bit more beneficial to them because at the end of it all, he may be spreading himself thin and one show is going to start feeling like the other. And I don't want that. I don't. That's exactly what we're getting with NXT 2.0. You you can't tell the difference between NXT 2.0 and what happens on Monday Night Raw. They both feel the same. Under Triple H, you go watch NXT at one hour when it was on the WWE Network. It was vastly different than what you saw from the main roster. Now, all three shows feel exactly the same. I don't want that to happen to Tony Khan and Ring of Honor. But he's going to be booking the show. And just by that alone, right now with what we got, because there's no card, it's going to pique a lot of people's interest because... There's a first time for everything. First impressions are everything. And Tony Khan's first impression as owner now, the new owner of Ring of Honor, it's going to be a major talking point. And people will be there ready and willing to cut him down if he does not produce a good show and put on a good card. So I'm going to be there. I'm not going to be in Dallas, per se, but I'm going to be there to watch what Tony Khan does with Ring of Honor. It's very exciting. There's a lot of upside to this. And I want to see what exactly he does to get the brand up and running again. Should be fun. And speaking of Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes. I haven't mentioned the Briscoes a lot on this show, but apparently they were slated to join AEW and begin a feud with Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler of FTR. Fans shouldn't expect AEW to be bringing in the Briscoes anytime soon due to Warner Media. They are actively saying no to the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe. Fightful Select reported yesterday. That AEW didn't have plans to sign the top Ring of Honor tag team before Tony Khan bought the promotion. They had the opportunity once Ring of Honor let the majority of their wrestlers go after final battle in December. The report states that the reason why they weren't being used by All Elite Wrestling is due to a person of major influence in Warner Media not wanting AEW to sign Jay and Mark Briscoe. The reason for this goes back to some tweets made by Jay in 2013. He shared a tweet after the Delaware State Senate passed a bill allowing gay marriage in the state. I will not be reading his tweet. I don't want any flack from it. But at the end of the day, it was tweets made in 2013 and in 2011 that nailed both Jay and Mark Briscoe on landing a job with AEW following the sale of Ring of Honor. You know, I, I don't know what to think about this. You know, but at the end of the day, I did listen to the apology because there was an apology. He made an apology about what he said. He was very genuine from what I heard. And I've heard a lot worse being said on social media that was forgiven. And people moved on. 2013, 2011 is a long time. But in social media, on the internet, it lives forever. Nobody will let it go. And as soon as those guys made it to AEW, and as soon as they found any sort of success in AEW, those tweets will be following them around for the duration of their time there and the duration of their careers. Same thing with Tessa Blanchard. If the Briscoes are not going to be picked up by AEW, there's probably no way that Tessa Blanchard will ever sign with a major promotion due to what she did and what she said and what she's being accused for by everybody in wrestling. And it sucks because the Briscoes are fucking great and Tessa Blanchard is probably one of the best female wrestlers in the world. And that's why the Briscoes aren't going to be in AEW. They may actually do it in Ring of Honor if Tony Khan wants to do it in Ring of Honor. Briscoes are House of Glory Tag Team Champions. 
And they just won the tag team championships last night. We could do FTR and the Briscoes, maybe, in House of Glory if Amazing Red and Brian XL want to venture down that path. If Tony Khan can't do it, I know Tony Khan wants to do the match, but he can't do it on AEW television. And Tony Khan's best interests are with Time Warner. They're the one paying the bills. So he's not going to do anything to really upset, visibly upset, Time Warner and people of influence at Time Warner. He could do it at Ring of Honor. He could do it away from television. You could go order it on Fight TV if you want to see those two tag teams fight. Or in House of Glory, you could buy our show on Fight TV and see those two teams fight if it does happen. But on Dynamite, on Rampage, on TNT, on TBS, you're not going to see it. And it's all because of social media, cancel culture, the things he said were not right, the things he said were disgusting. But at the end of the day, who are you going to listen to? The people that pay your bills. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you in this situation if you're Tony Khan. And it sucks for us wrestling fans because we're going to be without possibly a tag team match for the ages in the Briscoes and FTR. Guys, that is all the news I got for this extra. I hope you did enjoy what I brought to the table here today. If you did, please sound off in the comment section. Please hit that thumbs up down below. Let's try for a 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS Extra. If you guys want to go check out yesterday's 421 off the script, go check that out. It's on the homepage right now. And anything else that you might have missed, the live streams we did this week, everything you need is linked right there. Social media, at JD from NY206 on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Again, turn on that bell for notifications. And go check out my sponsor for today's show. That is audible, audibletrial.com slash script. Guys, you won't see me tomorrow unless uh, Pete Dunne gets fired after being renamed Butch or Rich Holland gets fired after breaking Big E's neck or something else happening in the world of WWE that we don't agree with. But if nothing happens, news-wise, you won't see me back till Monday. I'll be live for Monday Night Raw. Jacksonville, Monday Night Raw. Will Cody Rhodes show up? Will we be getting Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania? Only time will tell, and I'll be here live to cover it all for you right here from the venue, right here on Off The Script. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on your Saturday afternoons. And until Monday, have a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye.